Hey, 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 frenzies. You are listening to Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. And this is episode 30. I can't believe we've already made it to 30. (laughs) I'm super excited about that. Today's episode is going to be all about springtime. Springtime is a little, little ling time. Okay, no singing, I promise. We're going to talk about springtime self-care tips, just some practical things that I'm doing and other things I've researched that you could try. You know, it's a long, long time for some people between their winter break and their spring break. Uh, Testing season is upon us. Kids' behavior is not the greatest. (laughs) A lot of people are really stressed out during March and April, and they're just looking at that spring break. So we are going to just talk about some things you can do to get there. Or if you're on your spring break now, just maybe some extra things you can do for yourself to make sure you feel awesome. So let's let's start the show. Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks. We will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, a coffee-drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today, and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. Okay, before we begin, I just wanted to say thank you for spending time with me today. Thanks for letting me be a part of your day. And if you find any value in this show, the biggest thank you you could give me back would be leaving me a review on iTunes with some words. It's pretty much the only way that iTunes will like recommend your podcast to people and get the word out. And I am in such a small little niche Um, My buddy Mikey told me that niche rhymes with quiche. So if you're ever wondering, is it niche niche, or is it niche? It's niche rhymes with quiche. (laughs) That alone is worth a review. (laughs) Anyways, um, I'm in kind of a tiny little niche. I mean, self-care for K-12 teachers. Uh, iTunes is not recommending (laughs) that, that genre as much as some others. So it would help me out if you left me a review on iTunes with some words about just what, what do you think about the show? Have any episodes really helped you? Have you got any cool ideas? I realize that I'm not for everybody, especially my enemies. (laughs) So if you guys are listening out there, love you. Okay, this is getting ridiculous. (laughs) Let's get on with the show. Okay, episode 30, finally on its way after my goofy self-promoting commercials. (laughs) Oh boy, this is a lot of fun. You guys should really start your own podcast. It is a total blasty. Anyway, episode 30, I just thought, wow, 30 is sort of monumental. I remember turning 30 and I was like, wow, it's all downhill from here. I promise you I don't think the same about the show, though. Well, no, no, I don't. I don't. But I was just thinking, like, I wanted to do something really big and special for 30s. It's a nice even number that ends in a zero. And that's kind of (laughs) cool. I don't know what is wrong with me today. Maybe I just love multiples of 10. (laughs) 
I mean, they're kind of the first thing you really learn, right? Like 10, 20. Okay. I'll stop. I'll stop with my goofiness. I, um, I tried a new fad this morning, celery juice, and I think it's going to my brain. Maybe. So anyway, I just wanted to do something really cool and fun for this 30th episode. And I, I haven't been recording as many episodes lately because I kind of because of the topic of this, this show, I've had to spend a lot more time working on some of my personal goals and my health. And I realized that, you know, I had to cut back on some areas that they, they weren't really getting me, um, further towards my goals. Like I need to be spending a little more time on the elliptical than I do in front of this microphone, (laughs) which I mean, it kind of stinks if you're a listener, but it's really good if you're me. (laughs) Oh boy. I should just delete all of this so far. But anyway, I wanted to talk about like self-care and getting to spring break. And I mean, there, there are so many people out there that are like, you know, you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be so unhappy that you're counting down the days to getting to spring break. And I, I'm actually a part of this new group, like the whole teacher. And, you know, that's the whole point of this group is just getting yourself to the point where you're not counting down days. But as a teacher, it's a little hard to imagine, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, even if you're a happy teacher, I mean, the breaks are what we live for. It's the only thing that makes our job different and a little easier than other people's jobs, right? We get more breaks than the average bear and we work hard for those breaks. I mean, we deserve every single one we get, but it's hard not to really plan your year around it or get a little glum in between them. It's really challenging. So anyways, I wanted to talk about my spring break um, fever this year. And I think I'm having it really bad because we are having an extraordinarily late spring break. Uh, We don't have spring break until Easter, which is April 28th. And that is late April, late, (laughs) almost May, like no spring break until almost May. I, you, we usually have it the first week of April. And I don't know if we're like chasing Easter or I don't know what the reasoning is. Like every year we have a different week off for spring break. Uh, we can never rely on the same week. It's different every year. And I don't really know why they do that. I'm thinking like maybe it is an Easter thing now that I think of it. Like, did I have last Easter off for, for spring break? I'm not sure. But I mean, it's difficult and like planning out when you never really know when it's going to be. And then when it's really late in the year, you're just like, oh my gosh, that's, that's kind of a long stretch. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that I would tell you some things that I've done or that I'm trying to do um, to kind of ease the stress in my life because usually I feel like it's, you know, I get done with President's Day weekend and then I'm feeling pretty happy and a pretty great mood. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sweet. And now it's going to be like a month or, you know, six weeks till spring break. And I'm going to plan to do this. And I'm just really optimistic. And this year I was like, oh, it's, uh, it's like, uh, 12 weeks uh, till spring break. (laughs) So anyway, here are some things that I did. So first, I recognized that I was kind of in a slump. 
And I really, you know, looked at my life as a whole and there are some things that make me really unhappy. And I decided that a really big one is the fact that I've sort of been stuck in this small town, in this house that I sort of hate (laughs) for the last eight years. And I've just been in a slump and we always talk about moving. We talk about it all the time. And it's pretty much my number one topic of conversation with my friends. Like we're constantly like, and my husband and my family, it's like, you need to get out of that small town. I live in a really remote town. It's an hour from a Walmart, four hours from a Target, four hours from a dollar store. It's, it's a difficult life when you got to drive an hour to get to the grocery store, you know, and it's, there's, there's really, there are a lot of, I don't want to say there is nothing to do here because well, if you live in a rural place, you find things to do. And there are a lot of my coworkers are involved with things like hunting and archery and dune buggies and <laughs> rock crawling, if that is a thing, uh, collecting rocks. I mean, when you live in the middle of nowhere, there are a lot of cool things you can get involved with. But my whole lifestyle is just, I, I'm just not really an outdoorsy type of person. And so it's sort of hard to have a find a groove here and I've been trying for the last seven or eight years to find a way that I feel like I fit in and it's just not it's like trying to put a square peg in a round hole it's just not it's not working out I mean I've been trying I've been on the quest for happiness living in this remote area for a long time and I'm just starting to think to myself it's not really worth staying here any longer. It's not worth my own unhappiness. And it's not worth this cycle that I've been on of just constantly talking about dreams and never really putting an action plan in to fulfilling them. So I, after talking to my best friend a couple of weeks ago, she kind of convinced me that I should, well, she did convince me, not kind of, <laughs> She convinced me that I should make out a plan. She's like, what is really preventing you from moving? Like, what is it? Like, list everything, all the roadblocks, and then find solutions to each one of those. And so I developed a 15-month plan. She's like, and you need to put a date to everything. Like, you need to, you know, after you figure out what the roadblocks are, what's preventing you from getting past the roadblocks, you really need a date that you think you can get over these roadblocks. And I feel like I have so many, like just our house alone, we have 20 major repairs to do. But in order to start this whole process and figure out like when we could leave, how we could leave, I had to list all of these roadblocks. So that is my first suggestion to you is just like, where do you want to be in your life? Uh, you know, maybe not this coming school year, but say the next school year. That's what I was thinking because it feels pretty impossible to get my whole life together in six months and, you know, move and get a new job and sell our house and pack up all of our belongings. But when I extended that date, like a year, another year past, you know, the six months, like, well, I did about 15 months. Like, where do I really want to be at the end of next school year? That just felt a lot easier, more easy to attain than like a really short-term goal. And that's what I'm kind of finding with losing weight and getting healthy is that it's not uh, a sprint 
uh, or even a marathon. It's a really long process. Like I have been eating healthy now for six months. And during that six months, I was hospitalized and told that I have all of these problems. And it's, it's not an easy road, but I like, I look at where I started and I look at the little changes I've made and I'm definitely in a better place than I was six months ago. So I'm trying to see that with this whole journey to move on with my life and making these, this roadblock plan is basically what I called it. So I would suggest to you, like, where do you really want to be, say, you know, two years from now? And I know as teachers, we're always thinking about school years, right? So not this school year, like at the end of this school year, this summer, but how about next summer? Like, where do you want to be the summer of 2020 or whenever you're listening to this? Like, what's the summer after this summer? What do you want out of your life and what's preventing you from getting it? Okay, so the first part, identifying the roadblocks that are preventing me from achieving some of my goals and dreams. The second part to that was really taking a look at my finances because I do feel like a lot of people's dreams involve money. Like you need money to do something, whether you want to travel the world or travel more, or you want to open that side business, or maybe you want to quit your job, or maybe you want to move somewhere like me, or maybe you want to buy a new car. I don't know what your your individual dreams are. And a lot of people want to go back to school and get a master's degree. I mean, there's so many things. And I would say 90% of those things have to do with money somehow and getting money. And it's kind of a, it's always a delicate topic because I don't know, I think a lot of people have felt like I do, like you're kind of scared of your credit report and maybe you've made some bad choices in your youth Maybe you just don't understand what the numbers mean. <laughs> and I totally get it. But like usually in order to, you know, get get usually some of your roadblocks have to do with money. And the very first step is analyzing your money. Whether you now if you're listening to this and you have a budget and you know your credit scores and you have a savings that you put away every month, good for you. But like 90% of Americans don't. They do not budget. They do not have at least $5,000 in savings. They do not know their credit score. Well, I don't know if 90% don't know their credit score. I'm just going to assume that a lot of people don't. But like we as Americans, it's such a consumption uh, society that we live in where we're, so many people are living paycheck to paycheck regardless of what they make. And so many people just don't want to really know what's going on with their finances because it's kind of scary. Like the thought that you can't live this consumption lifestyle and buy whatever you want and live the current life you're living. Like it's scary to some people because we get addicted to shopping. We get addicted to vacations or our usual routines or going out to eat every week. And we don't want to look at our finances because that might mean that we might miss out on social opportunities or things that we perceive as making us happy. But it is so important that you start looking at that kind of stuff. If you have a big dream, if you have a big goal, something that you want to do in the next couple of years, and you're not really sure how to do it, a lot of a lot of times it has to do with looking at your money. So I would suggest as a little, you know, it's one of those hard things like, you know, do, a while ago, I did an episode about just doing one thing a week that you really don't want to do, just getting it out of the way. And I think for a lot of people listening, that might be looking up your credit score. 
<laughs> that could be like one of those little owie things that you're like, oh, I don't really want to do this or analyzing your credit report. There are a couple free services. You can go to like creditkarma.com or I believe um, freecreditreport.com. You can get some of those. I will warn you that some of those free services don't have the most accurate information. Like they sort of have a an estimate um, or using their own tools to figure out where you're really at. If you really want to know, though, I do recommend uh, ordering my FICO. Um, it's a, it's a, I have it on an app, but I think you can go to my FICO report or you can just Google getting your FICO scores, F-I-C-O. These are the scores that all the creditors use. And this is and there are there are like. 15 different scores for you to analyze through there. For instance, like a lot of people don't know, like when you go to buy a house, those finance people are looking at a different credit score than when you go to buy a car. And the car people are looking at a different credit score than when you go apply for a credit card. And student loans or small business loans, they use a different set of credit scores. And they come from three different credit bureaus but there's different scores and they can vary by like a hundred points. And if you, if you don't know a lot about your credit scores, I mean, you might want to like start reading up on it because it can sort of give you a newfound confidence. Like once you look at your credit report and you see the problems with it, or a lot of times you don't really know why, like maybe you, maybe you're someone that just has never had a credit card or you don't really know why, like what makes your score go up and what will make it go down. These are things that you should learn about, like what, what works and what doesn't. And maybe I could do a completely different episode on it. I've always been kind of passionate about it since I've been a finance major. But like I said, I mean, my, my twenties hit me hard. I was in a lot of car accidents and I had a lot of medical debt come out of nowhere and my scores tanked and they were so low that I even got rejected for some jobs because they were so low. So, I mean, it can really affect your life having a poor credit score. And I think it's kind of one of those owies that you could do between now and spring break. Just kind of get yourself on track and understand exactly where you're at with your your finances. Like, how do you look on paper? Because so often, this is how we get ahead to the next level. Like so many people, you know, like I said, they maybe you want to go back to school or buy a house or buy a car or you want to move or relocate. Maybe you're just trying to figure out like how you can fund a European vacation or, you know, like if you do quit your job someday to pursue small business goals, what do finance companies look at when you do that? I mean, you usually have to have really steady income for two to three years before you can get any kind of loan. So you really just like look at your look at your goals and just figure out like, where do my credit scores, do they even matter for any of these goals? And if they do, you need to start looking at them right now. I mean, since I started analyzing our credit scores, and I, I do pay $29 a month. I'm just going to be honest with you. I pay $29 a month for my set of credit scores and for my husband's. So that's $60 a month going out the door. But since I started paying that money and analyzing every little thing that comes out, 
I've been able to raise both of our credit scores way over 100 points, which is huge, huge gains. I mean, and now we're in the position where we're getting closer and closer that when we want to buy a second house, it's going to be a no brainer for us to be able to do so. So anyway, it's just something that I wanted to bring up, Um, you know, make that plan, look at those roadblocks, but then also look at your money situation. It can make you feel like a whole new person to just know like what other people are seeing about you and where you're at. Okay, so my third tip then has to do with you know, you can't, I mean, you can, you can plan all these great things that you want for your future. You can start to lay the foundations for getting to where you want to be. But I think that it's really important to find ways to enjoy the now as well, because I find myself sometimes I'm just living so much in where I want my future to be that I'm kind of missing out on the little joys that I do have now. So for me personally, it's been like, how can I make every day just like a little bit more fun than the last? And I think that's so key as a teacher during these hard testing seasons and during the times where you feel like the kids don't respect you anymore. Nothing's fresh. Nothing's new. I know how it is. They come back from winter break and it's like, you know, retraining all of the procedures and rules. It's like, who who are these people sometimes, right? Like, it's not always like that. Sometimes you get lucky, you know, once every 10 years or something. But <laughs> I know what it's like is that, you know, you come back for Christmas break and everything was going, you know, pretty smoothly, aside from the fact they were all hyper from all the holidays. But they come back and then it's just like, it's back to the grind. And I know so many people right now have had indoor recess and just so many extra demands placed upon them because of all the bad weather they've been having this year. But I think it's just a matter of, you know, can you do one little thing a day that's a little different and a little fun? And so some different things that I tried is... Um, I started teaching directed drawing. I, that was really fun for a lot of kids, you know, incorporating a little bit of artwork into history or reading time. We did, I taught them how to make Zen tangles one year and that was fun. I forced myself to try out a new science experiment each week. So I like started Googling science experiments and searching for ones that would cost me less than $10 to do because I didn't want to spend all my own money. (laughs) Sometimes you can ask your admin for help with that, but I know a lot of times you can't. You can start, you know, maybe doing a picture book of the day, no matter what grade you read, you know, like something new and exciting. Um, go to your local library. I mean, you can get all that, that stuff for free. Like just go bring some random new zany picture books in. I've also done conversational questions where I bought like question books that you would take on a car ride if your kids are driving you crazy. Yeah, question books are great. I mean, sometimes you can just take a time out and say, oh, we're going to play the question book game. And it just kind of like refocuses people like you got to add in an element of surprise. You got to add in something that they're not expecting. That's why I did holiday of the day is because every day we had routines and procedures. And once they started disrespecting them, I was thinking, you know, it's not that 
They don't want the routines and procedures. I think they just need something a little bit different because kids get bored with the same old two. And this is the time of year where you can really insert some extra special things that really aren't going to cost you any money. Like doing holiday of the day and looking up like what's the holiday today and telling it to kids, it costs you nothing. It's zero, right? Going to the library and picking up some extra fun picture books and just starting out like after after lunch recess with a new picture book or when they come back or or tackling that really challenging class of the day with a little read aloud, whether you teach kindergarten or ninth grade. I mean, you would be surprised how just changing up like a tiny bit of your routine, it doesn't cause chaos. It just makes things refreshing and fun. And or introducing like a new step to a procedure or a routine, it it really can like change change everything. I also have dressed up in silly costumes, worn a wig, worn like one day I came to school in a onesie. <laughs> you have a lot of freedom as a teacher. Like you can really stretch how far you can go to make things. <laughs> enjoyable for yourself, right? You can come up with the reasons why you need to wear slippers every Wednesday. And it's just these little tiny things that can sometimes make each day a little more bearable when you can like surprise the kids with just a tiny element of change. One one year, I turned like as many things in the classroom as I could about 10 minutes before school started. I turned everything upside down. So I went and turned the clock upside down. I turned um, some things on my desk upside down. I turned some things on the board upside down. And then I said that it was upside down day when they came in and we ended up like every time we were reading like we were doing some silly things like trying to read books upside down and there's just so many little things that you can do to just put a spark of fun back into teaching is I feel like in the the beginning of the year, it is a lot of fun getting to know these kids. I mean, you're trying to, I kind of feel like we're teacher doctors a little bit, right? Like we're trying to analyze their problems and figure out how we can help them. And we're also dealing with all these behavior issues and maybe some curriculum um, that we've, we've been given that we need to, to teach a certain way. And we have all these pressures on ourselves. And then we're trying to figure out all these people in the room at the same time. But it is kind of fun getting to know the new personalities. And once you really get that flow and you get your step down, it can be so much fun. But then somehow by March, by April, a lot of that fun has sucked out the room, right? Like it is not in the room anymore. And that's where you got to kind of look outside of yourself and think what new and different can I do today to just make this day more bearable? Because it's not only like, I feel like your self-care and happiness isn't, doesn't just stop with your long-term plans or your diet or your exercise or your mental health or you taking time for yourself. I mean, a lot of it is dependent upon how much fun you're having having inside the classroom with those kids. And I know there's people out there right now that are listening that are completely miserable because I have been there too, where you're dreading going to work every day because it just sucks the life out of you. And if that's the way you're feeling, or even a, even if you're feeling just a sprinkle of that, 
this is the time for you to start looking at fun, free things that you can incorporate into every day. You know, one day uh, I decided that we were just going to talk to each other in sock puppets or paper bag puppets. And you could still ask the same questions and do the same activity with a sock puppet on your left hand or your non-writing hand. Believe me, there's a lot of things you could still do you know, while having fun at the same time, like you don't always need to be, you know, the more negative, the more negativity you're putting out because you're constantly correcting these bad behaviors, or you hate your job, or you hate being in this room, the more negativity you're getting back. So I always think to myself around this time of year, how can I flip the switch? And it usually involves incorporating some really good literature and kind of having to move some, maybe some mandatory things to the back burner, right? (laughs) to get to get us through the year to get us having a good time like i said i brought in silly costumes i'm one day, you know, I, I wore these glasses every day and I wore them upside down for an entire day. And every time kids were like, yeah, your glasses are upside down. I just pretend like I didn't know what they were talking about. It's a free, easy thing to get people more excited about being in your room. And I know it sucks that we kind of, it feels like we're, we're working a circus sometimes where we're constantly having to put on shows and be entertaining and jump through hoops and you just get tired. You get tired of it before spring break. You don't want to do that anymore. You just want it to be easy. Easy. But the fact is that we have one of the hardest jobs out there and it's just never, ever, ever easy. So if it can't be easy, it might as well be fun. That's what I think. If you can't, if you can't simplify every little routine and everything doesn't go the way you want, just break loose a little bit, have some fun and don't worry as much. So those are my tips for you. I hope that you found some of them to be useful. I know they're not for everyone, but I really think, you know, looking at your long-term plans, looking at the money involved with those, and then just trying to have fun every day is really a a nice secret sauce recipe to getting you through your spring break and doing that downhill slide for the year. So I love all of you. Thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait to see you for next episode. Have an amazing day. You've just finished listening to Healthy Teacher Happy Je- Happy Jessica. What? <laughs> oh, no, I don't know how to stop. <laughs> <laughs>